Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, brought to you by 4th and Dude and Boston College 24-7, and our newest partner, Armchair All-Americans, Season 3, Week 1. For those new to the program, welcome aboard. We are Boston College Football's podcast for dudes by dudes, and I hope you guys are as excited for the road to 10-2 this year as we are. We've officially survived the college football offseason and are just four short days away from one of the biggest season openers in BC history. On today's episode, we'll recap the last few weeks of training camp, talk due to pood, and give you guys the scouting report on how we'll beat the Hokies on Saturday. Matt, welcome back. Matt, it is so good to be back talking Eagles. I am absolutely jacked up for Saturday. It's been such a long offseason thanks to the many sour notes that last year ended on. So 4 o'clock on Saturday, cannot get here fast enough. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, but before we get into it, the Virginia Tech preview episode of the Lot of Dudes podcast is brought to you by my bookie. Matt, a new football season is just days away, which brings with it a full slate of changes. Just with BC alums alone, we've got Matt Ryan now being protected by our guy Chris Lindstrom. Tommy 12-inch is well on his way to becoming a Buffalo legend. The list goes on and on. But a few things have stayed constant. Tony Touchdowns is still an all-ACC caliber quarterback, as we will definitely get into. A.J. Dillon still loves his applesauce, and I am still betting the full slate of games all weekend long exclusively with MyBookie. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. They offer better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first ever online super contest. First place is guaranteed at least $100,000, which equates to 130,000 Bud Lights for Brighton tailgates, which I don't know if that would cover all of Brighton. I would actually be interested to know the, the total number, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and the super contest only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. We would only recommend a service to our fellow dudes that's been good to us. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. They've got live in-game betting on every NFL game, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fantasy nerds out there, you can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game, which actually sounds like a, a very fun bet uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Join now with us and get up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. So for example, put in $100 and my bookie will match, give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And use our promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid, MyBookie. Matt, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we are going to win so much money on Saturday via MyBookie when we take the birds. And really throughout the whole year, I know I speak for both of us when I say we are feeling so optimistic about 
what the next four months will be bringing Eagles fans everywhere. Yeah, tell you what, uh, welcome aboard to all, all you guys that are, are new to the show here. Uh, hope you guys are, are, again, as excited as we are to kick off this year. Um, you know, it's the best time of year to be a BC football fan before, you know, Steve Adazio and, and his crew have disappointed us, um, which isn't going to happen this year, by the way. Um, but I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been jacked up for football season to start for the last 257 days. And, uh, I just can't wait for, uh, for Saturday there, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't either. Uh, this has been what we've all been waiting for. And I think that, you know, while we haven't had the preseason accolades, I guess, that we have in, in years past, specifically last year, uh, where we were getting some votes in the polls, I, I think that I am more optimistic and more excited for this year than I've been, uh, you know, maybe in a, in just about a full decade, honestly. I think that we talked about it, you know, last time on the uh, season prediction pod and season preview pod, but the weapons that we have returning on the offensive side of the ball, Anthony Brown in his, you know, now third season coming off a full healthy offseason, A.J. Dillon in, you know, what could potentially be his swan song on the Heights the stars are aligning for a very special year here. There's obviously still some question marks and things that we need to get over, but if things go the way that we think we can go, this is going to be a, a year to remember for sure. Matt, it's it's a good segue into my dude. Let's just kick it off with a, with a good old fashioned round of dude or poo here, Matt. Yeah, um, I, w- I would love that. Breaking news as of today, we're recording this on uh, what is this Monday Monday evening. Um, the depth the depth chart is hot off the press and. Holy cow, Matt! Our offense is absolutely loaded. It's one of those things where, and we just you know pre- previewed the the team a couple weeks ago, but it's one of those things where until you see it all on paper come together, locked in, um, and you know everything starts with AJ Dillon, obviously. But you know you look at how the offensive line came together, the depth we have at tight end. Um, you got you got you know guys like Glines and Levy that are like Swiss Army knife kind of guys that are listed on the two deep at pretty much every single position. The offense is going to be one to be to be reckoned with this year, and it's. I don't think it's going to be your typical, um, you know, one-dimensional situation, especially if AB makes the makes the leap that we all think he can. Um, you know, defensively there are certainly some question marks, uh, but even that's part of my dude here too, Matt. Um, when you think about some of the guys that you know were potentially going to be injury concerns, you talk about a guy like Isaiah McDuffie, who you know it was rumored to have been banged up over the course of training camp, um, even heading, in, heading into uh, last year. I think he was out for the Syracuse game last year, um, so he was a question mark coming in. But he's listed as a starter, um, and what that means, I'm not sure. It could be could be Daz playing some game, gamesmanship situation there. Um, but the other guy I'm really excited about too, Matt, is Richard Yergin, who's listed as a starter at DN. Yeah, that's huge. The fact that he's playing, by the way, is just absolutely insane. I mean, he's. His spine is literally fused together with a, t- with a titanium plate. And Matt, here's this. How's this for a, for a nickname? Uh, what do you think about Iron Man for him? Yeah, I, mean, that, I, I think metal. that's I think that's a winner. I think that's absolutely pretty good, uh, right? Yeah, lock it in. I think in, we talk all the time that we love like good storylines. I think it's good for the program. It gets you on the college game day, you know, exposure and all that stuff. This is a phenomenal storyline. I mean, even to date, the fact that he's, you know, even come back and gone through a training camp and all that is tremendous. But if he can, you know, have some sort of breakout year, that's like the stuff Disney movies are, are made out of. Yeah, I'll tell you. And, and we said last episode, like, if he can just even provide some off-the-field leadership, that right. would be a plus. Uh, the fact that, you know, he's – and this is one of the top recruits in the country a few years back. And, um, you know, obviously played for Clemson and, and, you know, learned from some of the best with, with Dabo, et cetera. Um, and he made some ginormous hits when he was playing, when he was healthy. So he could be uh, an absolute game-changing player for, for this year. But overall, the depth chart, you know, seeing it all come together, there's a lot to like on this football team. We'll get into it. Uh, but these guys are going to do some damage this year. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I have two dudes and one of them piggybacks nicely off that. I, I think the, the the main one that jumps out right off the page is the relatively healthy offseason. Um, really no backbreaking losses to any of the huge names. Like you said, we talked about, you know, McStuffie and there was major concern there, but seems I, like at did least... I call we, him, did I call him McDuffie? No, I think you said McStuffie, which is okay, good. I, I hope I, I said McStuffie. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to I mean, say McDuffie the rest of the year. That is his, that is his name. Uh, we did not call... Uh, you know, we don't call him, him Anthony Brown either. He's Tony Touchdowns. That's right. And you have a nickname, you have a nickname. Um, but again, no backbreaking losses. I feel like there's always been a couple, one or two, you know, major ones in the past. Obviously nothing crazy. Like, we, you know, we, had, we didn't lose a quarterback in the offseason or, or, you know, an A.J. Dillon type. But there's still major names of, oh, now we have a big hole to plug on the offensive line, something like that. And I think that, you know, we, we did avoid that for the most part, if not, you know, for the entirety of the part. But I think we've said all along there are a few position groups that, you know, while they're strong, they do lack depth. Um, I think the linebacking core is a good example of that. It's a very strong core, but it's not the deepest core. So health is going to play a huge role in the success, in the success of this year overall. And again, I'll just say that an, another plug that we talked about last time, this is the longest consecutive time that Tony Touchdowns has been healthy in his Boston College career. So imagine what he's going to be able to do this year coming off of a fully healthy spring summer, fully healthy barring you know the one dirty Wilkins hit that just knocked him out for a game um, last year. I think we're going to see such a transformed player. I don't want to get completely down this road right now because I could talk about it for the next two hours. Well, but if you think about it too, the duo of and, and you look at the record when when they're both fully healthy, Anthony Brown and AJ Dillon, our record's like fifteen and yep. two or something ridiculous like that. So I know it's some you know unique extrapolation, and, and you know conveniently that's how the, the record is you know recorded because you know you think about how AJ went down and, and all that last year. But anyway, I mean, if these guys could stay healthy, the sky's Legitimately the limit, especially, you know, pending AB's development there. Yeah, I agree. And I, I want to get my second uh, dude in here quickly because I think it's going to segue nicely into your your pood if I know you. So Martin Jarmond was literally like 15 hours after we released uh, the season preview episode, announced that we were moving to four hours tailgating pregame. Absolutely huge announcement in the in the world of Boston College football. This has been begged for for years by students, alums alike. Uh, it's always been pitched as this huge challenge and the Newton and Brighton politicians and neighbors don't want to deal with it. So I can't imagine the, the backroom dealings that went on to make this happen. But just a huge kudos to our uh, best friend and workout partner, uh, Martin Jarman, who now we're I think we're back on good terms with now. I know things got a little bit rocky for a little while, but I think we're officially back. I don't want to jinx it. But at the end of the day, there's there's just no one better when it comes to driving excitement and promoting the product. Uh, where I think this is going to segue into the point that you want to make next is you would think that this is all good news. Uh, people have been begging for this for years. The the fourth hour just kind of you know it's still such a far cry from where we'd obviously w- love for it to be, but we're also realistic. And four hours is a huge win. Uh, so you would think that everyone would be cool with this, but you would be mistaken. There were a lot of angry Facebook comments. Uh, people upset that they traded the extra hour before uh, for removing the post game after, except for I think it's only like noon uh, games now get one hour after, but everything else, um, you know, there's no post game tailgating. There is no question, and you and I talked about this, you know, right after it happened. There is no question on earth how much better pregame is than postgame. One hour of pregame is worth about four hours of postgame in my mind, even after a big win and even if it's nice weather. People are, you know, most people just want to get out of there and get on the road. Um, other people are just slow or tired after the game, whatever it is. So, so this is, 
an absolute no-brainer for us and I think really all of the the sane people out there because I think most of the Facebook comments were from kind of that weird like you know 40 plus crowd that still comments on Facebook which is I think generally not the uh, side of history you want to be on no offense hey, if there's hey, anyone out there who is that's probably most of our target audience there Matt so why don't you, uh, why don't <laughs> oh, you we have a Twitter audience that. we're not big on Facebook we're big on Twitter we're not no, on Facebook isn't us that's true uh, yeah, I was very confused by that narrative as well. Anyone that thinks that, that post-game tailgating, I, people were saying post-game tailgating is way better than pre-game tailgating, which is the Who most are those people? Thing. Like, yeah. we, we, we've been in the BC community now collectively for, for you know many, many years. And I don't think I've run into a single person that, is, that has felt that way. So I don't know where these, these people are coming and from. And we're in like the 1% of people that enjoy tailgating. And you and I and our whole group just kind of hates post-game tailgating. We're exhausted. Usually we've lost. Well, I'd rather go, you, but usually, also I'd rather go to a bar than like rather exactly. have so to we, set we up get, a we, we get out of Dodge and, and, and yeah, we, we find a bar, whatever. Um, but we're always first to arrive for the pregame tailgating. So this is an absolute no-brainer win for these guys. Um, and anyone that has an issue with it just has an issue with everything, which actually does lead me into my, my poo here, Matt. Good segue. And the negative BC fans in general, and I don't want to spend too much time here because I know it's just a, a few that – are loud because that's just the type of people they are. And again, at the, at the risk of alienating some of our audience here, it, it seems to me like there's sort of a, a lack of excitement this year generally, which I don't really fully understand. Um, and I don't know if it's, you know, with me, if it's, you know, just the dog days of August and I'm reading all the comments and stuff, but it seems like a lot of people are predicting this team to go, you know, six and six, five and seven, um, even four and eight, right? Uh, there's one commenter in particular uh, on one of the blogs who no, no matter what the blog post is about um, he, he copies and pastes the same response saying oh with coach Adazio I don't see how this team could possibly go better than four and eight this year and it's just I, I, I can't decide if like this guy just knows nothing about football or if, if coach Adazio like stole his girlfriend or something he just has a, a personal issue with him um, but you know you look at it I mean, we have the best player in college football with Dylan our offense is going to be electric our D will you know, has some question marks, but again, we'll figure it out, right? And and you know, most importantly, the ACC just sucks this year. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for the, for the season to start. All the fake experts can kind of shut up and just you know watch how good this team ends up being. Uh, but that's my pood. And sorry if you guys are one of the negative BC fans. But I mean, if you can't be optimistic this time of year, then you know what's the point? Like, why that's, even that's log on? Line. Like, yep. who cares? Who? No one cares about your negativity. Just that- be. Be part of the fun crowd. Let's see what happens this year. Let's win some games. I don't know. We got AJ Dillon. We got a lot of positives here. Just don't be a uh, you know a, a negative Nancy just because you hate Daz. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line for me too. Is that if there is one time to be optimistic, it is right now. And really, you have until four o'clock on on Saturday to to keep that mindset, no matter what happens. Uh, you see that across the board. I mean. You know, obviously, BC is is not a national championship contender in the past, so that's going to change this year. But, you know, for any other program, whether it's in the NFL, teams that have no shot at a Super Bowl, I mean, all of our Jets fans, for example, are, you know, super confident. Sam Darnold's going to win the MVP and all these other crazy ideas. And, yeah, they're insane, but good for them because they're optimistic right now. They're excited about what's to come. There's If you're just going to consistently be negative and pessimistic – in the off season, then there's no point in you even enjoying sports because at that point there's 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 no level of enjoyment. So I'm and we're not saying with you on that. we're not saying you have to be you know like us and be on the road to ten and two. Although you sure. should be get should on be. board because you're gonna the right like side of history. Right, you're gonna look like an idiot, and we're not gonna let you celebrate when we're in the Orange Bowl. But you know, every single year, I'm so sick of all the the, the Daz haters, and I know it goes back to how we ended last season. I get people are disappointed, whatever, but. Um, you know, take a look at the schedule. Take a look at, at you know who we have. AJ Dillon again is going to be healthy this year. Probably will win the Heisman. So, lot to like about this team going forward. 
And uh, yeah, I can't wait for them to, to, to win by a billion on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head 100%. Uh, I'm keeping my pood off the field as well. So the most recent batch of, of game day polos, the 2019 game day polos, have been slowly rolled out over the last uh, three to four weeks. And, you know, I think there was a lot of excitement when Under Armour first came on board of having a, you know, a major uh, apparel company, you know, besides Nike, but running great golf polos. Uh, that's just kind of like one of their one of their strengths. And they still have not figured out a way to properly leverage the throwback logos on the game day polo. Um, the sideline polos haven't been great in a few years. It's kind of, honestly, it's a negative Under Armour side. They're trying to do a little bit too much with them, too many stripes, all these different shapes and colors, rather than just keep it a simple, uh, solid, you know, maroon with the logo when they had the stained glass like seven years ago. That's the best one they've had so far, but neither here nor there. They are putting the throwback logo on a lot of stuff this year because it's, um, I don't know if it's just an Under Armour campaign or if it's the whole college football, but they're doing like 150 year history of, of the game uh, with the throwbacks everywhere and they have completely botched the game day polo that they have uh, set up for that. There's like a weird front pocket which is not a good look on a, on a golf polo. Weird stripes in the front pocket. Just no bueno overall. The t-shirts they've released I will say have been very strong for the 150 year campaign for the for the throwback so I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around why they can't figure it out in the other apparel and you know it's it's kind of Honestly, potentially pushing me to, to no longer be a game day polo guy. And oh, game breaking day. news! I've got there. a lot. I've got a lot of things going on mentally uh, right now that I'm that I'm trying to figure out. So so yeah, stay tuned on that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I'm I've been a, a critic of the not. A, I don't want to say critic. I just haven't been as in love with the throwback logo as everyone else. Uh, That's a bad which take, I, which I know is, is apparently wrong because everyone else goes nuts for it. But like, I can't imagine anyone that works for the BC Athletic, whoever is involved in making those uh, apparel deals can't like just figure out like the engagement alone on Twitter when the word throwback logo gets mentioned. Why don't you just put that on everything going forward yep. for the rest of the time? I, I don't understand. It seems like a, a pretty easy solution there. Not really rocket science. It, re- it really is. It's, it's, it's like, and it's such a, an easy goodwill gesture, especially, you know, when the end of last year wasn't going the way that we wanted to go. All MJ does is need to send out a tweet saying, you know, hey, we heard you. Here is the new logo that we're using everywhere, and it's the throwback that's got the you know updated colors, and it's awesome. Make those the full time jerseys, the 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 homes that we wore last year, and then the aways for what we wore at Fenway against Notre Dame. Put the throwback logo on the center of the field. Put it on Connie. Put it everywhere. Uh, I can't imagine how sick the hockey jerseys would be if they were like in the throwback setup. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So it's just like it's such an easy decision, and I don't know if they were just waiting for everything to get you know so 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 bad but i think that we hit rock bottom last year um at least on the basketball side of things so it's like at what point is is it going to be the time to get that gesture of goodwill and and flush it out so i'm very frustrated with that overall um but again i'm not gonna let that detract from our relationship with martin that's just gonna be something that we're gonna have to discuss at uh the next summit that potentially will be taking place at some point in late october eyeball emoji Uh... on that Oh, I thought that was going to be in Piscataway. Is that not? Is that not true? Uh, we'll, we could we could definitely run into him there, but there there's some there's some there's some conversations. Uh, I see. I, got I don't you. know if he's. I don't think he's aware of these conversations. Let me put it that way. I I'm, I can be certain that he's not aware of these okay. conversations. That's, that sounds about right. <laughs> All right, so uh, we rolled right into some of some of the segments here. And, and again, for those of you that are potentially new to the podcast, we have a few segments here. Duderpood. Um, Eagles in the Wild, which will be coming up next. We also have Duteous Corpus, which I think we're in recess this week, right? We now. are. It's a, yep, it's recess. Um, and a couple other segments. So you guys will figure it out as we go. Um, it's it's not all that complicated. So, uh, so Matt, Eagles in the Wild. And, and this one is just what's happened with, with BC alum 
across the world here. So I'll kick it off with the the rollout of the ACC network. Uh, features some some prominent ex Eagles. Uh, you talk about the Hasselbecks. You got Mark Herzlick, who I think is actually doing the color commentary uh, on this Saturday's game. So that'll be interesting. Molly McGrath, I think, is potentially involved. I might have made that up. I'm not sure. That's correct. Yep, that's one accurate. Of my, one of my favorite parts of the ACC network, and they, and they rolled it out on, was it Thursday night? And they've just been doing kind of kind of wall-to-wall coverage of kind of the upcoming football season. Uh, they've been showcasing our, our boy Doug Flutie a lot, which is kind of funny when you consider the fact that the Miracle of Miami took place uh, 20 years before BC had anything to do with the ACC. Uh, but if you don't overthink it, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. And just quick note on the ACC network. I mean, how awesome is it that we have a, a full-on network that's dedicated to BC football, or not BC football, but you know, ACC football and stuff that we actually care about. You know, that is, you know, being, you know, covered by, you know, ex-players and experts, and, and you know, being professionally done. It's and, and again, it's been a long off season. There's only so many blogs and stuff you can go to, but to hear it from sort of the experts on again stuff that you want to want to you know hear about, you don't have to hear it from idiots like us. You know, it's pretty cool. Bonus is that, you know, at any point in time, I could I could throw on the channel, Matt, and Steve Adazio could be staring right back at me. Yeah, it's it's Matt, it's funny you say I, that. So it's funny you say that. So I, I actually, I work from home today. Um, I had, had a little bit of a long weekend up at the Traverse Stakes in Saratoga, so needed a, a little bit of a slower start on my Monday. Flipped on the ACC network right at, I think it was right at 10 o'clock. And sure enough, the the Packer show, the, what's it, uh, Mark Packer or West Durham? Durham and Packer were kicking off something like that. We're we're kicking off an interview with no one else but Steve Adazio right at 10 a.m. So caught that for the next 15 minutes or so. The thing we've always said about, you know, love him or hate him on the field. He is such a a magnet for the camera and and the media side of things um, that these guys just love talking to them. I think it took like, you know, five minutes of real football talk before it devolved into like, hey, like, what are your favorite Italian restaurants in the North End? But he hams it up and he's awesome at it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you absolutely nailed it there with that example because today I turned the TV on and he was staring right back at me. Um, are you covered? The only the only note I want to have on that is is the networks that aren't covering it. I think Xfinity is is not, which is you know obviously the main one in Boston. I'm good in New York with Spectrum. Are you are you covered uh, in Philly? Yeah, I'm one of the rare people in Philly that don't have Comcast. Okay, uh, I, I kept my Verizon subscription from from the Boston days, so Huge. That, that turned out to be a good move because yeah, it sounds like Comcast isn't budging an inch. So yeah, a little mini pood within the Eagles in the wild there. I mean, there's a lot of people that, um, and everyone's very vocal on Twitter about it too, and you, you feel for them because you know I'd, I'd be pretty pissed too if I couldn't watch the Eagles. I mean, that would that would cause me. Yeah, it would absolutely cause me to, to unplug. Oh, a thousand percent. Do, do the, the YouTube TV, yep, or whatever th- people are doing. A, a thousand percent. Yeah, so that's that's when we, that's when the BC fans are are good on their vocalness on Twitter. The vocalness about the losing the post game, I would not classify as a as a good thing. One one more thing on the AC network that I'm just concerned about, and I want to just put a, a bookmark in it now. They are doing they are kind of pushing Duke already, even though it's football season. They have yeah, this how about that Coach K documentary? So. That was amazing on Thursday night. The way they're kicking it off three yeah. nights before Miami starts their you know starts ACC football play, and they are running two consecutive hours of Duke basketball documentaries. That made right. me absolutely sick. I, I'm a little concerned of what's to come during basketball season. That could be uh, insufferable pretty quickly. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right, so for for my portion of Eagles in the Wild, I'm going to do a run through. We've got a lot of. Eagles in preseason action currently fighting for roster spots, all of the guys who were on the Heights last year. Um, so just going to do a, a quick 
whip around here of, of who, who we uh, have in action. So first and foremost, uh, Tommy 12-inch Sweeney, currently starting due to some injuries uh, up in Buffalo, but he's making a huge impact. Josh Allen, who has a rocket arm, uh, has quoted as saying, quote, he is a special talent. He really is, end quote. It's a good quote. That's a heck of a quote there, man. Yeah, just right to the point. Uh, I will make a side note on Tommy Sweeney and, and more specifically the Buffalo Bills. So, like I said, in Saratoga all weekend, and now we're in the type of the year where you buy the Bud Lights as the football teams on it. Um, they only had Buffalo Bills cans, which I thought was very strange because they're like two hours from New York and two hours from Boston and like literally like seven light years from Buffalo. And people just think that if you go north of Manhattan, it's all upstate, but that is not correct. Um, so I was shocked at that, but I guess I would rather Bills beers than like Jets. So I'll, I'll live with it. I... I- are you sure about that? I, I generally trust you on stuff like this. I'm positive. You're usually, you're usually I, right. I asked, I asked at the price chopper. I, I went sworn. to the price chopper and I said, I said, what's going on here? Like, do you guys only have Bill's beers? And they said, yeah. When I was in Saratoga with you uh, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I could have sworn that Buffalo was right around the corner. Is that not true? No, Buffalo is very far away. Okay. I, Albany is close, though. Albany is right there. but they Which, don't is, have the, a, they which don't, is the capital. It is, but they don't have a pro football team. Uh, that's true. Good point. But that's by Buffalo. It has to be. It's just not. Wild. Should fact check it. Um, all right, keeping keeping it rolling here. So Zach Allen is now projected to be a starter in Arizona. That's possibly due to their original starter getting arrested for aggravated assault. But we take the opportunities where we get them, and then we you know we 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 take it and run with it. Um, that's really all you can do in the league. Lindstrom, of course, looking like a starter uh, in Jacksonville. We've got a couple guys. Connor Strahan currently listed as the third string linebacker behind Miles Jack uh, as the starter in that position. There's someone else backing him up. Him up. Um, and Mikey Walker, our guy, uh, love the whole Walker family, still fighting for a spot there as well. Uh, sounds like there's four guys fighting for one kind of kick returner, wide receiver spot. They were Coughlin's, on. Coughlin's going to hook him up. You would, even you if, would think even, so. If it doesn't work out immediately, he's going to keep Mikey Walker on speed dial. He's going to he's going to make the Jags at some point. He'll be on the practice squad. Yeah, or you you would think so. They were on uh, national Fox on Thursday night last Thursday night against uh, the Dolphins, and Joe Joe Buck gave the old you know Mikey Walker out of Boston College shout out which, again, you love to see. Joe Buck's got a great voice. Uh, Will Harris had a scoop and score for for the Lions last week. Feels like he's a safe roster spot right now. There's still some TBD, but most of the reporters there seem to be uh, he's okay. Or no, I'm sorry, that definitely feels safe. He's been getting some first-team reps uh, primarily in the first sub package right now. The one that's more of a TBD but still being reported as a roster spot uh, is Lucas Big Swing and Dennis to uh, make the roster for uh, Mike Bajakian's former Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Been a very competitive battle, but he's looked great. Sack King Cole, Wyatt Ray grabbed a sack for the Browns last time out, and the Browns are kind of the big darling in the NFL this year, it seems like. So if you can get on that bandwagon, that would be huge. And then last but not least, uh, Aaron Montero down with the Dolphins, playing under former Eagle Brian Flores, is one of five guys battling it out for two open tackle spots. So uh, fingers crossed for the guys who are, are still fighting, and a kudos to uh, you know everyone for an otherwise great uh, preseason so far. That's a lot of dudes. That's a lot an of absurd dudes. amount of dudes. I, mean, I don't think we've seen that in, in years past. You know what? And I, and, I, and I don't want to bring it up, but it's a little frustrating that with that many dudes, uh, I'm just Adazio I'm just literally – invented these guys he's allowed I agree. to not win that many games with them okay i agree he's the, he a same phenomenal argument. talent developer we're not going to get into it because again we're we're the optimistic side right now but it's when you look at that roster that's that's frustrating to only have won seven games let me just say let's, that much let's hate on adazio for making these kids dreams come true and getting to the nfl <laughs> great great message matt tell that to our recruits coming in fair fair um all right anything else for you do you want to move on to uh Vatek? Yeah, let's. I'm, I'm Matt. I've been ready to move on to Vatek uh, since December 26 last year. Yeah, since the since the lightning strike. Yeah. Um, 
So are you ready for this one, Matt? We have another presenting sponsor for today's episode. Let me preface this all by saying I know that uh, both of our parents, aunts, uncles, I'm sure other extended family listen to us every week. So I hope everyone out there can appreciate how awkward these next 90 seconds will be for me. Uh, But with that in mind, we are very excited to announce that this episode is brought to you in part by Blue Chew. Dudes, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go, when no amount of MAs, whiskey gingers, and late night rogies would stall your engines? Want to increase your performance on and off the field and get that extra confidence you're looking for? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, after a tailgate, after a mod party, and since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Except, of course, if you're the podcast host who has to read this while uh, your mother and other extended family listens on. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this episode. So, Matt, moving on from the male enhancement talk quickly, if that's cool with you, are you are you ready to uh, to dive into the Hokies here? Sounds good to me, Matt. All right, let's talk Hokies. Um, and before we get to the football, uh, we'll ease into it with our fun facts. Matt, what do you got? So, I'm going to go with – so, we've obviously – this is now, you know, third year doing the ACC teams, or at least the ones that we play every year. So, there's going to be some overlap here. I'm trying to keep it somewhat fresh, but – So, uh, Matt, you, you've done the same Virginia Tech fun fact three years running now. I'd love you to change it up. It'd be huge if you could. So, that's actually I, – I went through the episodes and I listened to all of them. <laughs> you have used the same fun fact the last two years, which is specifically – Oh, is that, is that me? Yeah, Bruce Arians has the most quarterback rushing touchdowns oh, of the season with 11. There you go. You took uh, And he was Rondé Barber's – the Tiki and Rondé Barber's dad's roommate. Anyways – they have everyone knows that I'm a big uh, astronaut guy, and it seems like every single team on our schedule, except for ourselves, has at least one astronaut um, that has come out of the school, which is again, I think, a bad job at BC and something that we need to pick up. So my fun fact for Vatech, just to kick it off on the astronaut theme over the course of the year, will be that they have two astronauts and their notable alumni, uh, along with seven Medal of Honor recipients, which again is I think a huge number. Like I, I, I may have mentioned this two years ago. Um, I don't know how many Medal of Honors are out there in the world, but having seven is like a, a significant number, it feels like. Well, is it, is it one Medal of Honor winner per year? It's, or is that one of those that I've No, it's not, on? Matt. Nope. That's, it's, that's, that's not a, it's not like the Oscars. It's more of okay. if you've done something to earn it, uh, you get the Medal of Honor. It doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter when or where it happened. If you've done uh, acts of valor that are warranted the highest medal in the country, you receive it. So that's a big, that's a big deal. Got it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I got a couple fun facts here, Matt. Uh, although you did just use my Bruce Arians one. That was my other one. You were going for it. Hey, Matt, get this. Get this. I think this will work. You were going for a turkey of Bruce Arians fun facts. Oh, yeah, very good. Three in a row. Yeah, that's turkey. It's three three straight strikes. That's right. We covered that last season. We did. Last season, too. Man. Uh, Okay, so everyone knows about the uh, famous Virginia Tech lunch pail. Did you know, Matt, that the original lunch pail... Uh, was acquired by the mother-in-law of co-defensive coordinator Rod Sharpless in 1995. 
and it once belonged to a coal miner. So believe it or not, Matt, I did not know that. And I, yeah. I, I think that's shocking to you. You, but, you know about the Bud Foster, the, the lunch pail defense type of thing, right? I'm aware of the lunch pail, but no, I was not aware that it came yeah. from the coal miner who was the mother of the former defensive coordinator. Yeah, well, that's no, I me. think, yeah, the mother-in-law of Co- yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so how about that? Also, Matt, I have another fun fact, too. You know the whole Enter Sandman thing? I should really yeah. save this for next year, but I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, and you're a big weather guy. Yep. Did you know that during 2011, so everyone knows the Enter Sandman, all the students jump up, and it's probably the coolest entrance in all sports. During a 2011 game versus Miami, the town of Blacksburg registered a 4.3 on the Richter scale from the Hokies, jumping up and down to Enter Sandman. That's pretty good. Uh, did you know that the Richter scale is an exponential scale or a logarithmic scale, I, I suppose would be the official term? So like, for example, a 4.3 is 10 times weaker than a 5.3 um, and 100 times weaker than a 6.3. So it goes up very quickly in terms of the number. So like, I don't it's, know if it's a 4.3 not, is that bad. It's not linear. Correct. It's not linear. Yeah. It's more parabolic. Uh, maybe. Okay. okay. All right. So <laughs> next segment here. Uh, and this is actually a new one for you guys. So this is the third time we played Virginia Tech in the fourth and dude era. So Matt and I have been kicking back and forth. You know, all right. So the year one, we did notable alumni, right? And that was fun. Year two, we did famous turkeys, which was less fun, but we actually it ended up being, you know, working out better than it should have. So this year it was sort of like, all right, what are we going to do? And we're thinking, and we'll see how this goes, but we're thinking top five Virginia tech slash Blacksburg slash Virginia related movies and or pop culture references. Did yeah, I cover I, that? Is I, that pretty I, much what we're doing, Matt? I think that seems fair. Again, we don't really make the rules here. Um, the rules kind of make themselves. So we're going to figure it out on the fly. Before we get to this, I do just want to run through for any new listeners who we hit previously on the top five plus six man notable alumni and top five plus six man notable Hokies. Um, so two years ago with the alumni, really a disappointing slate overall. So we went with Roger Craig, who was the 2011 Jeopardy champion, uh, George C. Nolan, who was the CEO of Siemens. For those of you who uh, think that we, uh, you know, the immaturity maybe just started with the Blue Chew ad that's been around for two years. Uh, Homer Hickman, Homer Hickam, who Hickam. was yeah. oh, October Sky, over top, over October Sky, Jim Buckmaster, the CEO of Craigslist, Ken Pomeroy, uh, and of course, Bruce Arians. Just a, again, a really bad slate overall. And then the top Hokies or Turkey related items, one bowling a Turkey two the Hokey Pokey three uh, Hokie, who was a house elf in the Harry Potter books, but not the movie. That one's controversial because I never confirmed that. It's, it's true. Uh, it's on Harry Potter Wikipedia. Uh, the Little Turkey, who was a Cherokee leader, the Gobbler Sandwich, the Thanksgiving Sandwich, whatever you want to call it, um, and then Turkey Stearns. Not sure who Turkey Stearns was, but his first name is Turkey. Yeah, that one was uh, yours, so I don't know what Turkey Stearns. Okay. All right, so we'll keep it rolling here uh, with the top five Virginia Tech movies or, or pop culture references. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, Please. Matt, let's go with Remember the Titans, yeah. which is a movie I have seen one billion times. You know, everyone knows it's it's uh, high school in Virginia, and there's a lot going on racially and all that. A um, couple notable scenes when, when Coach Boone wakes up the boys at like 4 a.m. and they go to Gettysburg. It's just an all-time scene. Um, and, Matt, one thing that I, I was thinking as I was, I was putting this together, you know how they were loaded at linebacker? They had Julius Campbell and, and Gary Bertier. Of course. We're, we're also loaded at linebacker, so there's a bit of a parallel there. I see. Did that take place anywhere near Blacksburg? I think Virginia is deceptively a very large state. So I don't know it's if that wide. was like, it's wide, right? Like it's yeah. 
you know, yep. Worcester. It could be the Worcester equivalent. I'm not sure. I okay. didn't look that up. Okay. So I try to keep mine mostly in the Blue Ridge Mountain area uh, near Blacksburg, which I do have a side note on my research here. So Blue Ridge Mountains, of course, everyone is aware from the Country Roads uh, song, which is about West Virginia. It was actually written, written about the, the regular Virginia, but they moved it to West Virginia because it sounded better. And on well, that need, note, they need that extra syllable. Well, right? and on, on that note, when they were considering states to name the song after, Massachusetts was in the top two. Can you imagine that? No, I, I really can't. That would be amazing if we had Country Roads was our like BC refrain rather than. I don't, West I don't Virginia's. think it would be like a famous song though, because it, it, <laughs> if you think about the course, has nothing to do with Massachusetts. Right? I think, well, we we I think if you go out west, there's a lot of there's a lot of nature. I'm trying to go through the lyrics in my head. I, I don't think Massachusetts fits there, but yeah, I guess it's I on the Wikipedia. It. I'm just it's on the Wikipedia, so it's it's true. Okay. Um, all right. Anyways, I will Snake go. Draft. You go again. Yes. Well, I haven't gone. I haven't gone yet. Oh, I thought that was your one no, no, the, no. The song. Okay. Oh, actually, that could have. That's not a bad. I might use that if I don't like my answers later. Um, my first one is "Dirty Dancing." So this was filmed just around the corner uh, at Mountain Lake Lodge in Pembroke. Everyone, you know, loves Patrick Swayze. Rest in peace. Uh, I've never seen the film, but I did see. Was it Crazy Stupid Love, where they reenact the "Dirty Dancing" dance scene? So. Oh yeah, it's a good one. So. Kind of crazy, stupid love, Matt, but really dirty. Get dancing. this, get this. In that movie, Ryan Gosling uh, is involved in that. He's also in Remember the Titans. And yeah. He kind of he stinks it at corner. I yep. hope that our corners are better than Ryan Gosling was. Yeah, I agree. Um, potentially, I, I don't think he appeared in this film, my next pick, um, but he was a child actor, so you never know. The timeline works out. Uh, Patch Adams. So the movie with Robin Williams where he was the doctor uh, who wore a clown nose and brought a lot of happiness. So I, I think it actually might have been a Disney-related movie. So it's not impossible that Gosling appeared in that. Patch Adams, the real one, not Robin Williams, also rest in peace. Everyone's dead in my movies. <laughs> Went to VCU, but they don't have football there, so I'm going to round that up and count that as Vatek. Okay. All right. That counts. Yep. Um Am I up now? You are. This is the fourth pick. Yep. Okay. My fourth pick, I'm going to go with Minority Report, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously. Don't have to explain this one. This is just Tom Cruise, um, who... It's a very confusing movie. Don't, don't ask me to explain it, but I know there's some time travel involved. He goes back in time to prevent crimes from happening, um, and I think that's the general gist of it. Apparently, that was filmed in virginia or is based on virginia yeah but that's sure. fully like i mean again we're, we'll round up but that's definitely like the dc virginia that's like government stuff well matt you think that's in the government stuff my next one's going to be the born identity um <laughs> which you know initially i thought was based in europe but then i put it All together three. in my mind that wait a second yeah there is these uh, you know the scenes take place at the fbi which is langley virginia um which is right outside dc there so yeah born identity also virginia tech uh okay. movie there yeah, you could have done you could have done better. Um, I'm gonna go again, keeping on the Blue Ridge Mountain notes. Uh, so, A Walk in the Woods. I've never seen this film. I've never even heard of it. Uh, but it, it came out in 2015, starring uh, the one of the I think coolest actors of all time, Robert Redford, The Natural. Just a great actor. He's in it, and he's walking through the the Smoky Mountains uh, near the Blacksburg area. Um, I would also recommend the film that he's in that did not place take place in Virginia. Uh, that came out last year, Old Man and the Gun. Just a, a, a fun, you know, a fun, worth the watch of a great former actor, Casey Affleck. Your guy is also in that. Oh, he is my guy. Casey Affleck is my guy. Everyone knows that. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He might have been. He might have been on a list. So you got to be a little careful oh, oh, about oh. that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I think you're actually. You can ben, you can take ben that is, back if that's. Ben, yeah, cut that out. Ben's my guy because the accountant. Everyone knows that. 
All right. Am I up again? Or no, that's it. That's all she wrote. I think wrote. that's it. I think right. ha- I do ha- have one honorable mention here, Matt. Uh, yeah. The, pa- the Patriot, which I'm shocked that neither of us said. Okay. That took uh, place in South Carolina. That was not anywhere near Virginia. It was filmed in Virginia, though, Matt. So I okay, think but it took place to in rules. South Carolina. Yeah, but Matt, you talk about an all-time villain with General Tavington, who was also Lucy's Horrible guy. Malfoy. Yep. Just one of the best villains of all time. So. Yeah, that actually, that movie caused a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say political issues, but the Brit the Brits did well, not yeah, like the that. The American Revolution, I think you're referring to. Yeah, the Brits were the Brits were not happy because they thought there was a lot of inaccuracies on the Tavington. They didn't think that he actually like ate children or all the other horrible stuff that he did. But I choose to believe it. He burned everyone in that church. Spoiler alert! Um, just a horrible, horrible, horrible guy. He killed the village. He killed the kid's son. Just awful, awful guy. And it doesn't get any better in the Harry Potter sequel. He's just as evil. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and then the only one I missed. What about Bob? Uh, which is a, a classic comedy with Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff all around. I think I, out of like 10, I would probably give this segment like a, a 5.2, which is to say it's yeah. just above the 50% mark. I was in the six range myself. I think we'll keep it though. I mean, if you think about it, we only have to do it for... Virginia what, Tech was the hard five, one. Yeah, we only have Virginia to do Tech it for was the five. Hard one. And for Syracuse, we have the whole state of New York. So we'll just list all of Exactly. That's <laughs> home easy. Alone, home alone, I'm taking um, all right, so with that, we're getting closer into the football talk. We're not quite there <laughs> we yet. Promise, we promise we'll get there eventually, but it's, it's I, well, tough. Well, just to be fair, this gets more football intensive as we get into the season. We talk about you know what's what we're seeing on the field, all that, but we got to put some filler in for you guys here too. Um, all right, so the Virginia Tech tailgate ability is next up. Matt, what do you got? I would, I would I'm going to defer to you to go first here because I've been oh, waiting for this that. for a long time. All right, sounds good. So for those new to the program, like I'm doing that a lot, Matt. For those new to the program, I just I don't know who's new, so I gotta say it. Every, you um, know, just treat everyone. Everyone's like an old friend, you know. Like, okay. No one, no one's new. They all get it. It's they're they're smart well, listeners if they're listening. Yeah, the, to this the program. scale is out of thirty Bud Lights for this. So that's something you gotta know. Correct. Just coming in, um, and Matt, I don't know if it's just the the off season talk. I'm just ready for football, but this is dangerously close to thirty out of thirty in my mind. You talk about it's opening day. We're undefeated, which is you know related to being opening day. Perfect weather, I think. I'll get. Uh, don't 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 talk about the weather. I assume you'll cover that. I will years, cover that. I, I assume it's perfect until I'm told otherwise. Uh, it's a 4 p.m. kickoff, which is the perfect time to play a football game. Um, extended tailgate, as you talked about earlier. It's a big time opponent. We have a chance to uh, upset. And uh, I don't know. I, I put Clemson last year. I think we put that around what 29 point something. Sounds about right. So it's got to be below that. So I get 27.6, but I'm even more excited than that, if that's even possible. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there, there, there's there's no reason to not be uh, season opener, 4 p.m. kickoff, which I do think, by the way, is the perfect time. Like, I think I would rather that than an eight o'clock game, at least as a as an alumni, right? Like, I don't know, is that a crazy take? No, absolutely. I think 4 p.m. is perfect. Right, and, and again, the problem, is, you know, obviously, it's uh, uh, earlier games would stink, but like on a noon game, for example, the tailgate doesn't really get going to like 10:15. By the time people wake up and get out there and get the Ubers over and all that. This you get plenty of time to get you know your breakfast sammies in, uh, get over there you know get out you know the cooler packed everything that you need get over there in plenty of time. The first game with four hours other than game day last year, so that is like a huge pro for the score here. People will be chomping at the bit to get in right at noon, and I hope will be just as eager to get in the stadium. Uh, though I guess TBD on that huge game, like you said, as big of a season opener as we've had in in our tenure since uh, matriculating at Boston College. Miami is the only other one in the conversation our senior year, but you know obviously that was a, a ended up being a lost season. Should be a jacked up fan base. The weather um, again, I've been excited to talk about this. I've been checking the ten day constantly. I am the weather guy here at Fourth and Dude. Uh, Maddie Meteorology, as some people have called me. Matt disclosed to me offline actually a few days ago 
that he has a, a paid subscription to a weather app. I know, like me and you, the listener, just check the, the, the weatherchannel.com app, and that one's perfectly sufficient. It's Matt not pays, perfectly sufficient. Matt pays like 20 bucks a no, month. No, that for, is not true. I paid a one-time flat fee of three ninety nine for the Dark Sky app, and I can't recommend it enough. It's the official app of... No free ads. Okay. For a weather app that costs three ninety nine, that is the official app of Major League umpires who use it to decide whether or not they're going to call a game or a rain delay. So I feel pretty good about that, just to put that out there. But anyways, is it is a... canceled the first responder bowl? I, I, well, I didn't have the app at that point i would have i would have known it i would have seen that coming so anyways okay it is a gorgeous absolute picture perfect 10 out of 10 labor day saturday this is on a monday but i feel i feel good about this not changing too much currently a zero percent chance of rain sunny all day long the tailgate starts at 77 degrees up to 80 at kickoff but in the 70s all game it's, it's warm, but it's not too hot, especially if you're in shorts and a, and a game day polo, something like that. It's just going to be absolutely perfect. The only – I have two slight deductions on the score in general, basically the reason why I'm not at 30 or where I was for Clemson last year. Number one, it is a Labor Day weekend. People have plans, obviously not you and I, but but people have plans. People are at the beach. They're they're you know getting their their last weekend of summer before you know the real world starts back up again. It makes travel up expensive. So if you're coming from out of town, if you're not in the Boston area, and again many people are unavailable and they have plans, so it's still very high. The other one I'll say is you know while Virginia Tech I would consider to be somewhat of a rival. You know they're not a Notre Dame or or someone that we hate you know the most. And then on top of that. While we are certainly optimistic, I think their fan base is as well. We are still two unranked teams, you know, versus game day last year where it was number one versus number what we were for you know, 15 or 14 or whatever. So those are the only two minor deductions. Still super high, going very slightly lower than you, 27.2. Uh, I'm personally still TBD if I can make it up, but uh, I'm going to figure that out in the next couple of days. But going to be a great day regardless, wherever you're watching it, even if you're at the beach and you're watching this, you know, on the ACC network. Uh, just a picture perfect day for football coming off, you know, wherever you are at the golden hour, uh, getting a beer in your hand and, and, and watching the Eagles. I, I just, I cannot wait for, for Saturday. Or if you're like me and you have friends that decide to schedule weddings for Saturdays during football season, especially on Labor Day, uh, that's where I will be. I will not be at alumni. It's an absolute disaster. Matt, shout out to you. And by the way, we officially have a groom alert on our hands. Matt got married uh, hey, thanks, Matt. A, a few weeks ago. Shout out to Matt for not doing it during football season. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so anyway, so I'll be watching uh, on my phone underneath the, the table at the uh, at the venue. So looking forward to that. So, so anyway, so yeah, so let's get into the game itself here. I did a lot of research, Matt. I was kind of jacked up for this game. I actually rewatched the game from last year in full the other night, which I know is, uh, you know, that's three hours I'll never get back. That's a weird move. I, Matt, I was just so excited. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. So, so obviously, we, we played these guys last year. We took home a big W on the road, beat them 31-21, to 21, I believe. Let me double-check that. You just walked, sure really? You could have picked I'm, that up? I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> um, and I guess the, the story of last year was, it was just a story of completely two different halves. They had their way offensively in the first half. They were up 14-7, to but it could have been a lot worse. They missed a lot of opportunities. We got lucky. Their quarterback, Willis, in particular, was was very impressive. He was 16 for 19 for 212 yards and two touchdowns at the half. He's, you know, very accurate. He has, you know, big-time receivers. What really, you know, changed the course of the game last year, I guess, was a couple things. Matt, do you remember that big Will Harris hit? Yeah, you um, tweeted to, it to, out. Yep, exactly. In the first, yeah, it kind of went viral. Not a big deal. He just had a huge hit on, on Willis at the end of the first half. Willis wasn't really the same after that. Uh, we also made some, some big-time halftime adjustments. 
And I think it was probably, you know, Campanelli who, you know, he, he mixed up the coverages and, and threw more zone at them than he did in the first half. Um, but in general, I think Willis just, yeah. just didn't have it anymore. I'll say I'll, I'll say in general on the Willis note, I think that I've been kind of trolling the, the Vatek message boards a little bit, just trying to get their their pulse on the program. And it seems like that, that at least the fans seem to think that he suffers from consistency issues as well, you know, which is obviously something that in, over the you know last year we weren't immune to seeing out of AB at times. It's just a common you know a common thing that happens to to college quarterbacks. Um, so I'm with you. I, I do obviously he was he was not nearly the same quarterback in the second half of of our game. Um, I don't know if that was again things that that we were doing right or the or the big hit or if that was just kind of par for his course of being inconsistent. Obviously, you hope it's the uh, you know, you hope it's the latter and that you hope that, again, we get the inconsistent version of him um, this week. But I'm with you, man. He's a he's a dangerous quarterback uh, Threw for 24 touchdowns last year, like you said. Uh, and that receiving core is 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 a little frightening. Um, they did lose their second leader uh, in their exodus of transfers. And I'm sure you'll you'll mention went to ODU, which that's like got to suck if you're Virginia Tech and your <laughs> second best funny? receiver is going to Old Dominion. Well, Especially because Old Dominion beat them last yeah, year. Exactly. Right? No, that's, yeah, exactly. I probably just wanted to you know, play on a better team in the state of Virginia, yeah. so that's tough. Um, but they got the, this 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 Damon Hazelton guy is like literally 10 feet tall. He grabbed a couple against this last year, leading receiver. And then Trey Turner, not the baseball player, which is definitely going to be confusing when they're announcing it um, on Saturday. But, you know, if there was an area where they could lose like a, a stud to, to an Old Dominion, I think it seems like wide receiver is the deepest area. But, yeah, I'll let you continue. But I, I'm, I'm really hoping that we get the, the inconsistent and Willis uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see w- which half shows up. Um, and, and like you said, we could certainly relate to having a, a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback situation. Not to hate on your guy. Not AD, anymore. That, that Again, that was that was sophomore coming off a, of an injured uh, training camp. He, he is going to be a different quarterback, you'll see. Um, but yeah. I'm, if you if you had put the first half of Willis and combine that with the second half of AB in that game, that's a Heisman quarterback right there. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but like you said, uh, if there's one position to worry about with these guys, it is at the wide receiver slash tight end slot. They also have this guy, Dalton Keene, that um, I think had 70 or so yards against this last year. And obviously, it's a potential weakness for us, being our secondary is very inexperienced outside of Brandon Sebastian. So, um, you know, that'll be a key matchup to watch Who is, for. They're small, too. Like, we don't have a lot of size in our on our secondary, unless I'm... Well, we're bigger than last year. Yeah, um, I guess. But but we're certainly we're certainly unproven, and, and yeah, we're still a few inches less than uh, the VTech receivers That's, that are yeah, just right. ginormous across the board and made some absurd catches. I mean, they're they're really good in the red zone, and, and they were good in the red zone against us last year. Well, they have, were they have, they have just one of their touchdowns as a, as a corner fade, or they have two? No, they had two. Yeah, they had two. Um, and so so as as good as their passing attack is, or has the potential to be, uh, their running game. Holy cow, their running game stinks. Yep. That uh, they are just extremely one-dimensional. I think Willis was actually their leading rusher against us. We absolutely stuffed the run. So I, I mean, for us, right? So our, our concern is is I guess in the secondary, and then I'm not really all all that concerned about the D line, but I know that people are. But as long as we we can stop the passing attack and and you know be consistent with what we did last year and stuff in the run game. I don't think this is that bad of a matchup on the defensive side of the football whatsoever. I, I do think they might be able to, you know, have a couple big plays, explosive plays with these receivers and, you know, some growing pids in our secondary. But overall, I really like our chances defensively to uh, to sort of ease into it and get everyone on the same page against these guys. I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely with you on the run game. Uh, my confidence is not as high as yours uh, on the aerial attack, but we're going to see. Yeah, so they lost uh, Peoples. Um who was their leading rusher from last year. 
And so they're going they're, to. Sh- they're leading Russia with like 400 yards. Yeah, it was, it was not a great. It was not a great number. Um, good last name though. I feel like we could definitely do some good nicknames with a guy named Peoples. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but I, I feel like can we you, could. Can you name one? What's that? Can you name a nickname or not off the top of my head? A, a potential... I wasn't prepared for that segment, but okay, you can do anything right. with Peoples. Um, so they're gonna. They're starting running back this year is uh, this guy Deshaun McLeese. He's five foot nine, which I feel like is small. Like I'm a tall guy, so maybe that's just like a, a, a maybe that's a more normal uh, number for a running back than I would expect. But he's certainly not a power back. He's a shifty uh, kind of a quick back, which I feel like I I actually would rather go up against with our defense than like a power back uh, just because we'll be able to plug some holes and and uh, I feel like we have a, we do have a very quick uh, secondary you should be able to track you know that down where necessary so I'm with you overall I feel very confident in our ability to shut down the run game uh, but I I mean this you were the one who just this, you were the one who this. just watched the game I have a lot of fear over or a lot of bad memories over what their tall receivers did to our uh, secondary last year definitely but I, I think if you keep everyone in, in front of you and, you know, the linebackers can drop into coverage. And, you know, our guy Carafa single-handedly, you know, had 4,700 4, tackles for a loss Yeah, he had the game of his life. Yeah. He's a Virginia guy. So I think that's like a homecoming game, you know, a little definitely, bit Definitely, definitely. And, and I guess that now's a good time to touch on some of their cultural issues too. So mm-hmm. McLeese, who you mentioned, was in a transfer portal for a couple months before, uh, I guess, there were no takers. I don't really know how that works. But uh, he, he decided to come back. Um, and now he's their, their starting running back. So these guys lost a ton to the transfer portal um, and just overall people people leaving. Uh, you mentioned the big receiver. They lost Josh Jackson. There was recently a story in Sports Illustrated where basically Fuente talked to the reporters and basically said, yeah, th- there was a lot of issues last year and, and the team wasn't happy to the point that people were trying to lose uh, in the second half of the year so that they wouldn't have to play in a bowl game, which is – you know, frightening to think about, like that you could actually have a, a program that's much that's in that much disarray, right? Especially considering they have like a thirty-year bull streak, you know, on the line. So if you have any pride whatsoever, uh, you know, just just an absurd uh, culture problem that you know Fuente seems to have, has you know has has seemed to have fixed at least in his own mind based on how the, the article plays out. But um, you could even see it in, in our game that we play. They they sort of quit in the second half when the going got tough. They made some dumb penalties, so. I don't think we can count on that again this year if it's if it's true that they've actually figured that cultural issue out. Um, so something to watch for there. Yeah, and 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 really their their exodus of players was on the defensive side uh, of the ball. I think they basically kept their leading tackler, but that's just about it. Pretty much everyone is gone. Oh, and they have a, a guy a safety that uh, people are looking uh, at as a as a possible first round draft pick. So they've got two kind of talented guys coming back, but everyone else is, is pretty much, you know, going to be plugged in new. Um, well, did, well, you know, what's interesting, Matt, and I, I, maybe we're reading two different things here, but I think they're actually returning a ton of guys, but the guys that they have returning just kind of suck. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 fair. I'm saying they're, they're two, like, good guys that they're bringing back are their leading tackler and a first round safety, but that's pretty much it. Um, They lost their best corner to UNC, but you know, I think I'm a little, so it's Bud Foster's last season, which, you know, long-term I think is a good thing. It'll be great to not have him, you know, coming up with game plans against us every year for perpetuity. Uh, But it does concern me a little bit for, you know, this particular game. I don't like when teams have any extra, you know, weird added motivation. Um, I just don't think there's any, you know, Teams can be weird and kind of grab on to certain things and latch on, kind of like a win-one for the Gipper uh, type issue with Notre Dame. So I don't like that, you know, this might be something where, hey, this is, you know, we're going to send him out. We're going to, you know, prove the haters wrong and, and do all this stuff for his last year. So that's a little bit concerning. But I will say that, 
if there's any coordinator in the country, you know, other than, you know, maybe Don Brown, who's like able to come up with a creative uh, scheme to, to make up for, you know, maybe not the most talented bunch or a bunch of new guys, Bud Foster would have to be on the short list for that, right? So that's a little concerning in terms of his ability to, you know, while the fact that they lost everyone on the defensive side is, is great, he's the one guy that I feel like can withstand that more so than others, you know, throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with you, but, and I guess that is the one concern I guess I'd have, I'd have on that side of the ball, but their D-line and their secondary, much like us, except I think they're at a different level, their D-line is, is absolutely horrible. Yes. Their, their linebackers are very much unproven, um, and they kind of sucked last year, and that's like the, the strength of that. Like, you can't have that many question marks on that side of the football and go up against a healthy A.J. Dillon, who, right. by the way, has, you know, it's the first time he's been able to take the training wheels off. And talk about, full- by the way, talk, talk about a chip on his shoulder. Like, after the, the injury last year and, and all the hype, like, he's going to be an angry running back. Right, right. I mean, he's he, last time he was healthy and was able to go, you know, full speed was, what, Temple? Pretty much, no, right. When, the, when the did he get banged up? Temple. Was it, the first yeah, half yeah, of Temple. exactly, before he got banged up. So, um, you know, he, he's ready to go, take the trading wheels off, and, 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 you know, go full go against their undersized DL, or uh, D-line, rather. I think, you know, Dylan could easily put up 200 yards, uh, no question. And I really think that's the game plan, is, is establish Dylan early. Uh, much like we did versus Wake, I think the defense is comparably, comparably bad uh, for VTech. So you get him established early, you get single coverage downfield, and then we'll see if Tony Touchdowns has actually made that jump pretty quickly. So I don't know. I mean, on our side of the ball, like I said, I think there, there will be some growing pains on defense, and they probably will put up some points with, with those big receivers. But I really think that, that this team is built this year, uh, especially if we keep the tempo up, to put up a ton of points. So uh, I'm not scared of, of you know what what we what happens defensively so much. I think we can be a, a 40 point a game team if we want to be. Yeah, I'm completely with you, and I'll just roll it into my prediction here. I, I do think that uh, this does remind me a lot of the Wake game last year, and a lot of a lot of facets. Uh, I think potentially a shootout. So Tech is now up to a four and a half point favorite, which. Uh, candidly does scare me like I think always follow the money Vegas seems to know when these things shift I think this opened no, up at two and a half not I'm with just, BC I'm BC, saying I'm saying if, there's if, right if you look at Vegas and, and, and I don't have the numbers in front of me I should have wrote it down but Virginia Tech is like two at in their two in their last 10 and covering the spread yes whereas we're the opposite I we would agree with cover. that there is absolutely an anti AC anti BC bias you know in the in the betting public so I'm not going to think the worst um, over under 58 and a half which I do think is low I see a lot of offense in this game like we said this is I think going to be our best offense at BC in a decade and again relatively relatively depleted on on D on the Vatek side so I think that we can you know absolutely explode and it's a little bit vice versa as well their wide receiver threats absolutely terrify me against our secondary I do smell a bit of a shootout which will be you know way more stressful than I would like for an opener especially on a you know picture perfect Labor Day Saturday but you know you gotta it, it, it takes the pain to to get to the success that we're ultimately going to get to here uh I do feel at the end of the day we are at home we are healthy we are a cohesive team where they are not uh tony touchdowns and aj both have a ton to prove as does really everyone after a disappointing end to the year and the bowl game i think it's a hungry team and i think ultimately you know tech may figure it out over the course of the year and fuente gets his guys in there and and you know they do come back together as a unit so i love getting them early off the disruptive offseason still with a lot of question marks might take them a game or two to to figure it out and put all the pieces together so with all of that said 
I am going BC to win 45 to 37. I think it's going to be a tight game. I don't think it's going to be a, it'll be a fun game for neutrals. I don't think it'll be a fun game for us with, you know, what we have at stake here. Uh, But with that said, I do think the over is easily the smart money. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird how our predictions always are weirdly similar. Uh, But anyway. Uh, It's going to be identical. It's pretty close. It's pretty close, yeah. Two things that, that I'm keying in on, um, you know, I think watching the, the Gators in Miami game uh, last Saturday, you saw how sloppy an opener can be. Um, and anytime you, you go into the first game of the year against a big opponent, you know, obviously last year we had two scrimmages pretty much before we had to head to right. Wake. So we, you know, sort of got tuned up and, and, you know, figured out what we were doing. When you when you're going against a, a big time team like Virginia Tech, you really got to play clean. You know, you got to avoid turnovers, avoid penalties and you know, avoid giving up the big plays. So I think I think those are, are the, the three keys to the game, you know, to make sure that these guys don't put up too many points with that offense. I do also think on our offensive side of the football, you know, Daz has been pretty adamant all offseason with the, you know, with the addition of Bajaki and he, he keeps saying, you know, nothing's going to change. It's going to be, you know, a, a ground and pound offense. That's how it's going to be. But you know Daz, it's, you know, he plays chess, everyone else plays checkers. Of course, of course. Virginia He's like Tech's Bill Belichick. Gonna, Virginia Tech's going to game plan for, you know, same old B.C., and we're going to open the game with like eight straight flea flickers or something like that. It's it's like one giant bye week this offseason is for Daz. We know how great he is at the, uh, you know, every single time we play Florida State or whoever coming <laughs> we off a play a Friday night game, there will be at least two two uh, flea flickers in that game. That's just a Absol- fact. Absolutely. So I think, I think there's a pretty good chance we'll see some trick plays and those always hit. Um, but beside, you know, other than that, I think Dylan's just going to wear these guys down. And um, so I got BC 42, Virginia Tech 31. Okay, very close. So thanks again to our sponsors, of course, Blue Chew and my and my bookie. Again, we certainly do not need any help with our blood flow when game day is just three days three days away. But if you do, head to bluechew.com, promo code armchair. And when hammering the birds plus four and a half and the over, head over to my bookie and use promo code chair. No arm on that. Uh, chair so that could be a little bit confusing there uh follow us on twitter and insta we're going to try to be a little bit more active on on the grand this year we're at fourth and dude on both and as always be sure to keep an eye on our guys over at eagle insiders bc 247 they'll be churning out a ton of stuff for game week just a a a mountain of great content to get you completely ready to go for saturday sign up today to get everything you could possibly need at their vip level access to their boards and all their best articles and interviews uh highly recommend i think it's legitimately probably the best you know ten dollars i spend every month they're great on twitter too at eagle insiders to shoot them a follow thanks again for listening it is going to be an absolutely awesome year and i am i am so excited to you know be back and, and ready for football and matt i am so happy that we can finally say this again it is full speed ahead on the road to 10 and 2. It's a dude alert, folks. 